0: hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to episode 54 of the pond and this episode we have no shortage of things to talk about as per usual into the silly season we got the boys back uh for another episode and this time we're really secluded from each other we're doing it all from different locations here um we got mike who's still in new brunswick hurts what back up? home in waterloo and i'm up at my cottage right now uh, so it's not going to be your average episode, but we're still making it work. Boys. We got tons of shit to talk about. We got a lot happening in free agency. Um, we got a, a big scandal with the Vanderkane. that I don't even know where to start with that thing. Um, we're going to touch on Eichel as per usual, check in, see if he's going anywhere. And then we have some draft, uh, situation and then, um, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the Blackhawks and, uh, all the changes that they've made there. But, um, yeah, boys. Uh, how we doing here? We got some drinks on deck, Kurt. I know you're drinking this, the Bud Light seltzer, as am I.
1: Yeah, the Bud Light seltzer, strawberry. Actually, one of the better strawberry seltzers that you can get, which is surprising. Yeah, in my in my opinion, not the best, but it'll uh, it'll do the job for the Epi.
0: Yeah, it'll get it done. It's a drink. It's cold, buddy.
2: I had I had I was so ready for a couple of Ronas for this one. Got to the fridge, not a single one there, and. Warm <laughs> warm Ronas Whoa. are not it. So uh I'm going with Moosehead right now. Yeah. We'll we'll hit the Ronas after the app.
0: Yep. Yeah. A Corona's one of those beers that if you're not having an ice cold, just yeah. don't even bother. Dude, exactly. I mean we've been dealing with we've been dealing with the acid reflux issues as of lately, and <laughs> that's one that's not gonna help you out even a little bit. So yeah,
2: buddy. Friggin' maxing out the Tums intake. <laughs> what did it what did it say you can only have like 10 or something a day i think it was eight uh, eight or ten a day
1: definitely it's 10.
0: Yeah, yeah yeah
2: definitely got above that a couple times
0: <laughs> i was gonna say they that's from, that's just like a one of those things that they guide you to not do it but you could probably do more and
2: be oh definitely definitely <laughs> what's the worst that can happen right
0: yeah exactly it's like you know we do it with beers. Beers, you're not supposed to get as loaded as we do, and we still do. So <laughs>
2: yeah, ten, 10 beer limit. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, not happening. Not at all. <laughs> not over the course of a day. Yeah. That's for sure.
2: It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of hours, dude. Yeah, yeah. But we've been drinking. We should uh, we should hop into the free agency because man, it was like one day of just crazy shit. I forget what the, the actual number was, but the difference between free agency this year and last year, um, here, I'm gonna pull it up. Freaking absolutely nuts. Yeah, the
0: number's actually massive, right? Yeah,
2: so after two hours in 2020, there were 22 contracts for 41 contract years uh, with a $40 million total cap hit and um, $94 million in total contract uh, salary. In 2021, like this year, 60 contracts in the first two hours, which is three times, 136 contract years, $140 million cap hit and $405 million in, uh, contract dollars like total. So teams were ab uh, like making moves. Obviously there were more free agents this year, I guess, because of the, the expansion draft, a lot of people were left unsigned, but, uh, people really went balls to the wall with this and, uh. We've seen some teams make some really nice signings, um some very big names change in places here, and uh dude, it was such an exciting day. It was like every twenty five minutes you'd get a notification about the next guy next guy on the move, and there were a couple yeah. of big trades too, dude, like that's like that's yeah. one of the most fun days of the year,
1: yeah, that I, we were at the cottage, I think when that day happened and it was just one of those ones where there was a lot of weird moves where you'd see, and you'd be like, I've never would have never expected that player to go to that team or something. Yeah. It's a lot of like first time moves and, uh, made for an interesting day. And obviously, like you said yesterday, Seattle kind of stuff in their free agency with, with the way they structured that deal, just <laughs> front Dude, office is just in hell. scramble.
2: It's like, who, yeah. who hired these people? Um, like Francis had an NHL job prior to to working in Seattle, right? Yeah. It's not like it's not like he's never done
1: this before,
2: or like you I know never he, been in that I position. Think he built
1: Carolina when they won won the cup or something, maybe not. Yeah. But
2: no, I don't think he was in he was Carolina GM. for a while. Yeah, so like he should she should know better. Come on, man. Um, and we can get into it, but dude, they have made an absolute mess. Of their expansion draft and and ensuing free agency in my opinion um but i guess yeah. we'll start with that one dude big name off the board philip grubauer unable to to get a deal done in colorado uh so he signs with seattle prospectively six years 5.9 million aav uh this is what you were talking about curtis they um the structure of the deal had it so that i think the second year was two million less than the first year uh which isn't allowed under like the CBA you can't uh you can't front load deals by more than one and a half million dollars from year to year like there can't be more than a one and a half million dollar change from first year to second so that's like a really obvious thing that probably everyone knows so Seattle submits the contract after agreeing with it uh with Grubauer about it and uh the NHL rejects it so I assume that contract will still get done like I don't think he, like, becomes a free agent again or anything, but uh, just not a good look for Seattle, man.
0: Yeah, oh. it's it, it's been an absolute mess for, for Seattle. Like, I know we've been kind of on their ass about it, but, oh, man, like, yeah, the easy things like that, like front-loading yeah. a contract within the first two years, like, come on, man. It's, like, I'm, it's funny because, I feel like last off season, I didn't know a lot of these rules in terms of, like, drafting and stuff like that. There's just been really random certain situations that keep popping up that are, like, make me learn more and more about NHL rules that yeah. I never thought I'd be, like, I'd know
2: about, you know? And this is another one of them. Like, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Just... Yeah. Yeah, dude. Um, and, I mean, he got kind of paid it's almost $6 million a year there. Uh, Seattle gets their goalie between him and Dreger. Now they're they're looking pretty set, um, but obviously Colorado losing a big piece there and uh, ended up having to trade for Darcy Kemper. So um, what did what was it? Connor Timmons in a first,
0: <clears throat> yeah, and a conditional third. Okay,
3: yeah, which so... uh,
0: yeah, I think the conditions for the third round pick were not like they're. It's pretty far from
2: Yeah, it's like if he plays uh, it's like if they win the cup and he plays like sixty percent of the playoff games or some shit like that. Um Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's something specific like that. But so how do you feel about that one, because like Timmins was a good prospect. I guess they don't really need any more D prospects. Um but Timmins in a first round pick seems like a pretty steep price to pay.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, definitely, I mean, you're, I think they're paying right now, like, a cap hit. Um, I think they're paying 4.5 for uh, Darcy Kemper now um, with one year left on his deal. Uh, So, and I think Arizona took one mil off of that. Like, they retained one mil of his salary, which is kind of nice because that gives Colorado, I think, they have, like, six mil to sign another player or something like that. Um, So... I think I was a little bit disappointed at the beginning because I thought, you know, this was, I thought at first that Landis Cog was going to be the one going and Grubauer was going to be the one staying because apparently on Twitter, um, it was all over Colorado's social media feed where, um, they had avalanche players at the, um, at the Rockies game, like throwing the pitches and shit. And, uh, and so apparently they were like talking to like Colorado fans were talking um to all the players and stuff and Landis Cog wasn't there but mm. Grubauer was there a bunch of a bunch of the main guys were were actually at the event and at the baseball game and they were talking to a bunch of fans but Landis Cog wasn't there so everybody thought okay that deal's not getting done and then all of a sudden the Landis Cog deal gets done and Grubauer leaves like I think it was like maybe less than a day after the Landis Cog deal got done that Grubauer accepted the deal from Seattle. And from what I heard, and this is just me like going off of Twitter, right? I heard they offered him 5.5 mil and it was like a four-year deal or something like that. It was it was a four by 5.5. And then Seattle offered him, I think it was what? It, I don't know the term, six but I know five the five f- nine. 5.9, right? Yeah, six years. Yeah, so... So I think for him, it was like, you know, term could have been something that could have been renegotiated down the line. It's just, if you're looking at Grubauer, you would don't want to really put all your faith in a guy who's been, first of all, his best season was this year playing behind Colorado, behind a good defense, right? So saying that this season was all just because of him and because of like how he played would just be a little bit of a, you know, a, not a misunderstanding, but it's just a little bit of a bold statement. Like, yeah, I really like Darcy Kemper, even when he was playing on Arizona and he always was a problem whenever other teams would play him because they had a brick wall back in that. But when you have a team like Arizona, he's obviously, huge. you're not going to be able to. Yeah, like he, he's a big boy, too. That's actually a good point, too, Kurt. Um So he like he's not been able to shine all that much because you're playing on a team like Arizona where. They don't have the offense and they didn't really have the defense either. They never really had anything together, right? So um, people saying that, oh, it may be an upgrade. It might not be an upgrade from Grubauer to Kemper. I personally think that Kemper is a better goaltender. It's just the injury history is the only thing I'm a little bit worried about, right? right. But same thing could have been said for Grubauer, right? Grubauer was hurt for two of the playoffs out of the three that he's been a part of. Um, So... You know, there's there's a little bit of push and pull on either end. I personally really like the deal. Um, I think after this year, like, they're going to re-sign him. And I think he plans on staying there because he even said in an interview how much, like, he's hated having to play against these guys. And he's like, it's nice to finally be on their side for once, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I hate getting lit up. I mean, fun to play like, on a
1: good team, too.
0: Yeah, like, I remember the one, it was 2020 when they played Arizona in the first round, they ran him over um kale mccarr danced the whole ice and scored on him and oh, after yeah. that you could see the frustration on his face like nobody's fucking helping me here like <laughs> so um yeah and then the last thing i want to say the first round pick was a little like you know obviously nobody likes to give up a first round pick but darcy kemper has been one of the better goaltenders in the west even playing for mm-hmm. like i said not a great defense so um yeah and connor Timmins. I think he would have been a third, fourth line D-man anyways, given how strong Colorado's defense is. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, third, fourth line D-man you can get, not anywhere, but
1: the way, pretty, yeah. The way I look at that is pretty much exactly like that. Colorado just, I thought personally they lost a trade in just what they gave up. But, like, I rate Timmons and the first rounder, but they also save the fact that they're getting a good goalie this year keeping their like run going they can negotiate right sign them again in the future um versus obviously that not happening and you you don't trade for a goalie you don't give up that asset where timmons is like you said third or fourth liner so i agree with that a lot i think it's a good trade they fill in a lot and they keep it going so
0: yeah and they didn't
1: give up a lot so
0: yeah, Timmons has been, like, a prospect that they've been talking about for a long time, but he's dealt with, like... And this is nothing against him as a player. It's just he's dealt with such bad concussion issues that, yeah. like, even he played this season the most games that he's ever played with Colorado, but he kept on having to take breaks because his of his head. Like, he would play two games, and then the next game he'd be out. And then he'd play two games, and the next game he'd be out. And it was, like... It was unfortunate because... He wasn't getting a whole lot of minutes because he told the trainers and stuff, like, hey, you know, I got rocked last shift and I'm not feeling great. You know, and and yeah. Joe even said it a couple of times in press conferences. He was like, yeah, man, like we he was the best defensive prospect that they had until they got Kale and Bowen Byram. And then it was after that it was like, OK, well, this guy's kind of expendable. Is that the word?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, Yeah. 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 i don't know it's unfortunate i i like him and he, he's a good player but you know injury history too
2: like yeah
0: yeah
3: I yeah guess i, I a, think it is a
2: steep price um to pay like i guess Timmins, you probably he's expendable as you said first round picks a bit tough but they have so many prospects on the down the pipeline that like you're not too worried yeah. about like bottoming out there and i think there is something to be said like I'm not a huge fan of signing goalies to long-term deals. I think the way you see goalies fluctuate or like kind of flash in the pan, have a great couple seasons and then really fall off. Um, I feel like max, I would sign a goalie five years, ideally three, four years. Um, especially as you said, like Grubauer's had injury history with Kemper. It's just one season. He has to stay healthy for it. Right? And, you look at the right. number of good goalies in the NHL right now, dude, like there's more good goalies than there are teams. So you're not necessarily going to be struggling to find a, a legit starting goalie. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be signing uh, that team especially. I wouldn't want to be signing uh, Grubauer for six years. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: And, and you you hit the
2: <laughs> nail on the head there, Mike.
0: Like if you were the GM of Colorado, right? And you offered 5.5, and you offered four years. That's already like a pretty healthy contract for a goalie who, like, you don't necessarily know what the future for him is going to look like. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like Krubauer didn't play well this season. It's just, it's hard to judge a goalie's first year on a team or second year on a team when they're playing behind. Mm -hmm. a defense like Colorado like did he play that much better than the next guy and that's exactly that's exactly it right like if you want to test the goalie and you want to figure out if they're good or not put him on a team like the Leafs for example where defensively they're not all that structured so it's like you've got a good (laughs) offense but your defense is lacking a little bit so is that goalie going to be able to clutch up is he going to be able to make a big save when you really need it you know and Grubauer never really had to face that like um, it was funny because we didn't see Colorado start to struggle against really any team until the playoffs. There were some games where we, we've we talked about it on episodes where teams were getting held to like two shots for a whole period against yeah. Colorado. And it's like, you put any goalie against that, and it's like, yeah, they're going to be able to make two saves in, in a period, right? Unless they're unless they are um, Tristan Jari, then that's not out. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: Um, yeah
0: it's just you know
3: yeah
2: that's a decent segue on the Leafs because some of our free agents um I'm just gonna list them off and then uh we can dive into them but I mean this isn't gonna be all of them there's obviously more than this but the the high profile ones we have we already talked Grubauer um David Savard four years three and a half million a year in uh Montreal Linus Allmark four years five million in uh Boston Peter Mrazek, 3 years, 3.8 in uh, Toronto. Blake Coleman, 6 years, 4.9 in Calgary. Mike Hoffman, 3 years, 4.5 in uh, Montreal. And Zach Hyman, 7 years, 5.5 in Edmonton. And uh, Philip Deneau, 6 years, 5.5 in LA. And Dougie Hamilton, 7 years, 9 mil a year in New Jersey. Um, so... I like a couple of these. I hate a couple of these, but I'm interested to get your guys takes too. Um, because a lot of, a lot of teams that were active that I wasn't necessarily expecting, like LA and New Jersey, I did not really expect to, to be taking
1: a run at free agents like they did. Yeah. I guess New Jersey's going to, with the Luke, the Hughes brothers, they're just gonna, they're going to run with it this year. I, I guess, I don't know. Um, yeah. I think Dougie got paid though. That's
0: oh, what buddy, I think. Did he ever? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh did he
1: ever, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I guess like I don't know. Maybe Dougie's looking at the money. I don't I still don't see New Jersey as like a competitive team. Um LA though, if LA if Jonathan Quick can play like get back to Jonathan Quick type form Feel like LA is actually kind of a wagon now. Um, you got Kopitar, uh, Byfield, Toronto. Dano, like your top three, uh, top three centers. That's decent. Um, yeah, and I'm yep. I'm happy to see denot get paid, right? Because we were talking about halfway through the season, he had like a goal and an assist in like 30 games, and he had yeah you know, decided not to sign a contract after last season. It was like, oh no, like. He would bet on himself and now he's not going to get anything. Um, but obviously, that playoff run with Montreal uh, boosted his stock quite a bit and he got paid too, five and a half a year. It's like a, what is that, like a $35, $33 million deal. So
1: that's decent. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Gonna get his Yeah, it's good, for, it's good
3: for a
0: guy that's, it's good for a guy that's like, I mean, you're paying him for a shutdown role. You're definitely yeah. not paying him to put the puck in the net. So
2: exactly. Yeah. And that's yeah. what they need, right? They um, can kind of move him around the lineup cuz LA does have those younger guys that they can kind of bump oh. up and then uh he can play third, fourth line, can play play higher up if he needs to, but uh versatile player, I think you're getting there.
1: I'm thinking he's kind of like Rob Blake and them are looking at him going, "Hmm, maybe a little bit like a uh, Brown." You know, hmm. Dustin Brown. Yeah. yeah. He's a little bit older but he's kind of plays the same way. Like I like, just solid two way two way guy. And his offense comes from that. Put him with Kopi, Ooh. And, yeah. uh, or Velarde or, or one of those guys, the young snipers, Kaliev. Oh, true. Kaliev yeah. too. Damn. Um, yeah, they
0: have no, they have no shortage of, of, uh, good players coming up
2: and, yeah. and to be honest. True. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, so, I know a lot of a lot of people have been thinking that, and we'll talk about Eichel in a little bit. But um, talking about maybe LA having a, a shot at him or Anaheim because they got a ton of prospects and a ton of like a ton of different assets to play with when it comes to like they got all the picks in the world, they got a ton of prospects, they got cap space. So it's like they got NHLers right now that could go the other direction. So um, LA and Anaheim were were big players in the the Eichel game but I think it kind of takes LA out of it now yeah considering they got to know right yeah yeah.
2: probably oh yeah yeah um yeah that's gonna be an exciting team to watch though I I definitely thought LA was like two or three years still from really yeah like taking a run or making this type of move um but I clearly am wrong because they look like they're they're trying to get that last little bit out of uh, Doughty and Kopitar, and who knows? We'll have to see. Um, but uh, dude, the two other goalies. I mean, Peter Mrazek in Toronto. I kind of like that one. Uh, they got him pretty cheap, and again, only three years, so not committing long term. Uh, between him and Jack Campbell, I think they got a good tandem there, and they're not paying them too much. Uh, so they, they give themselves a little bit of flexibility there. Um, Freddie Anderson going the other way, though. So what is it? Uh, is it Anderson Bernier now in, in Carolina?
1: Yeah. That's yeah, not bad
2: either. Right? Like, I don't hate it. Pretty I, pretty good tandem. Pretty good tandem. I'm not sure it's better than Mrazek-Nadelkovic, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I still think Anderson gets really like he's a, a really good goalie, but he still yeah. gets shaky all yeah. the time, like when it matters the most. And he he was boys with a lot of the guys in Toronto, which sucks for them. Yeah. Obviously. If he would have worked out, then he'd probably still be there. But yeah. I mean yeah, they can't true, just yeah. keep going with the same goalie either. I think Murazik's a gamer.
3: Yeah. That's what I think. Dude, I, I think I he's gonna that. play well yeah. for Toronto. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And yeah. dude, the Linus Allmark one they is interesting too. Great. Sorry, go ahead, Colton.
0: Yeah, sorry, they've, um, I don't know, Toronto just needed a change. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's one of those things that, like, I would say, and, and this is unrelated to uh, Mrazek, but I think that if if Toronto is not successful after this year, I think Dubas is 100% on the hot seat. Oh, um, yeah. Because if he's not already on the hot seat. And the reason I say that is just because um, there's they've been successful, but to be playoff successful is a different kind of success. And uh, Toronto still is not able to get over that hump. And it's not like Dubas isn't making good moves. It's just, you know, um, you need to set your team up for success now, if that's what you're going for, and then also be able to continue that success for however long you want your window to be. And right now it seems like, you know, we're getting another carbon copy of what they did last year of taking the same core group of guys and going, okay, Let's put this veteran around him, this veteran around him, this veteran around him and seeing one because like yeah. I saw that Toronto signed like three guys that were all less than a million dollars. And not saying that you can't win with a squad like that. I'm not saying that at all. But it those needs to guys, be balanced out, and yeah. especially after losing Hyman.
2: I, I like, think those you know, guys Hyman are workout. Yeah, I think those guys were signed for the Marlies. Like they have any they have two way oh, deals, true. but they're expecting them to play for the Marlies. Right um
3: yeah I don't know man
2: like you might be right that he's on the hot seat but I think that's so harsh like I don't feel like he could have done anything more than what he has done like in hindsight yeah maybe you signed Corey Perry instead of Wayne Simmons and stuff like that but I don't really think anyone thought Corey Perry would be what he was in the playoffs um
3: so
1: yeah the one signing I do like from Toronto is Nick Ritchie Yes. I think he's going to be a little Dude. bit more of a like a body presence kind of like shit yeah. disturber and make the other team play like yeah. kind of off their game a little bit. Yeah, well, geez, that's the other not uh, someone you they need gotta, more guys like that.
2: You got to look like he's made some really nice signings too. You know, he brought in Spezza, um, Galchenyuk was yeah. really really good, um, TJ Brody, good Jake Muzzin, like it's not like he hasn't made great moves like that have made the team better. So it's a tough one there because they, it's just, it's Toronto. There's so much pressure to win, you know? Um, so it is, yeah. it is, it is possible that the trigger gets pulled a little bit early there. Um, but dude, the, the Hyman trade. Well, I guess, I guess it wasn't a trade um, to, to Edmonton. I mean, tough loss for Toronto. Cause I think he definitely played an important role there. But uh I think he's he's getting overpaid. Like Edmonton, maybe <laughs> yeah, they can afford yeah. it, but the there's no way yeah. you're gonna win in Toronto paying him five and a half million a year.
1: No. No. No, I, I think Edmonton's just at that point where they 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 don't care that they're gonna be in a cap issue later down the line, I think. I think they just wanna get past like a first, second round and <laughs> And actually, let McDavid just go with it. Yeah, mean, being kind of like one of those guys that I think they'll be able to send out on like a break from sidle and McDavid, so they don't actually get scored on every time they're not on the ice.
3: (laughs) 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 So I just
1: like a little breather guy just to throw them on the ice, but um, yeah,
2: dude,
1: I think Edmonton did get better. I like what they've done. Yeah, so they're going to be interesting to watch, and I mean. I can't imagine if they make it to the playoffs and then go on a run, what it would be like watching McDavid oh if he's not God. injured.
2: Oh my God. It'd be so much fun. Yeah. I will say though, I'm not a huge fan of bringing in Duncan Keith and Cody CC and getting rid of Ethan yeah. Bear. Like dude, Warren yeah, Fogle, my, yeah. Warren Fogle, like that's the type of player you need to fill out your bottom six. But dude, Ethan Bear, in my opinion is a better defenseman than both Duncan Keith and Cody CC um yeah and I feel like they didn't get that great of a return for him uh so that's a toughie toughie for Edmonton but dude you see Zach what Zach Hyman did on that line with Matthews and Marner you imagine him playing with McDavid like dude that's gonna that's definitely gonna work um it's just are they gonna be able to build up the rest of the team
0: yeah it's At this point, for Edmonton, a a goal for them should, and and I guess similar to Toronto as well, but it's hard to say, because Toronto seems like more of a well-rounded team than Edmonton. But for them, a goal is like the goal for them should not even be to win the cup this year. It should be to make it to the second, third round, like be able to go the distance and show McDavid and Drysaitel that hey, our team actually isn't terrible. We need tweaking, obviously, and we're not perfect, but like there's more than just you guys that are contributing to the success of this team. Um, like, cause I mean, last year we were saying if the Oilers didn't go far and if McDavid still has to keep going through this, you know, do really well in the regular season, get to the playoffs, lose in the first round or second round and they're out. It's like, you know, how long, how much longer can you waste the guy's talent like that and, yeah. and continuously make moves that are not going to help him. You know, it's the, because at this point, it's not helping the Oilers. You've got to help McDavid. You need to help <laughs> yeah. Dreisaitl. You have to help, help put the team over the top. And right now, they get exposed every playoff. And it's very easy to, like, making a game plan up against the Oilers is not a hard thing to do. Yeah. And they need to make it a hard thing to do. Yeah, so,
2: that's what we saw with the Jets yeah. series, right? This neutralized mm-hmm. two players, you win the game.
0: Yep. they were completely useless. Like, yeah, pretty. We hadn't seen McDavid and a uh, dry like not put up a point in a game all season long or whatever. And then yeah. they had like three in a row or something like that.
2: Like, something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Just, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I do want to actually, and I know, uh, I know we kind of touched on it before. Um, but I want to talk about, um, since it's still relevant, uh, the Hoffman signing in Montreal. Yes. Because I think that is a seriously very, very good uh, signing for Montreal. Really? Like,
3: dude, really?
0: Dude. I Look, I, I put all the drama and stuff aside of what happened in Ottawa. Yeah. I think the number one thing that we saw Montreal got get exposed for in the final was lack of goal scoring. And not being like they lost the Stanley Cup final one nothing right, which you can say that was the Tampa Bay defense and Vasilevsky, or you can say that it was a lack of kind of, like, offense that Montreal needed in order to really, really, like, put a push on them. And, hey, for the price that they got Hoffman at, and he's going to be putting 25 pucks, 30 pucks in the net for the season and then probably do more in the playoffs, I think it was a good signing. I And Savard, too, because with uh, Shea Weber being out, Dude. You need a guy that's going to play a similar role, and they got him for a, nothing compared to what uh, they got. Uh, or what? What? What is uh, Weber's cap hit? It's big, isn't
2: it? A seven, I want to say. Like, seven or, like, eight.
1: Yeah, or eight? Yeah. I think it's eight. Yeah. Eight. Yeah. And
2: what did Savard sign for? Three and a half. Yeah. Three. Um, yeah.
0: So you're getting a discount version of your captain, Dude, yeah. essentially.
2: I'm 100% with you on the Savard deal. I think that's that might be my favorite signing of the free agency period yeah. because obviously you're not going to replace Shea Weber. Shea Weber is a world-class player, but you're getting a lot of the same attributes in David Savard coming off a cup mm-hmm. win. Um, the guy knows how to play. You're getting a very good, very reasonable price. And, uh, you know, they, Petrie can be your number one guy. You know, you don't you don't need to rely on Savard for offense. He can just play his game. He fits their style very, very well. Um, that is kind of where I have my ifs on uh, on uh, Hoffman, because yes, you're probably going to get 25, 30 goals out of the guy, um, but I'm looking at Montreal's cup run this year, right? Was not premised off being able to outscore teams. You know, like. Yeah, they lose a couple, one nothing. That's a tough pill to swallow, but you're adding Caulfield, Nick Suzuki's a year older. Um, you still have you still have people in the system like Ryan Paling can come in. He's not a great goal scorer, but you know good depth forward. Um, I don't necessarily feel that like that's the thing with Hoffman is that he's only goals. Like you're not getting much else from him. He's going to be great on your power play. He's going to snipe a few pucks five on five. But for the most part, you're not getting a whole lot of other contributions from him. Um, And I just don't know. I don't see him buying into that Montreal system that made them successful. And that would be fine if if you could throw him on the fourth line and say, okay, you're not going to play that much. You're going to play all our power play time. Get your goals there. And otherwise, you're probably going to play like 10 minutes a night. Mike Hoffman's not that guy. Mike Hoffman's not in the top six. He's not happy. He's not going to produce. And then I think that's where you run into some like locker room trouble, stuff like that. Right. So I, I kind of hate it because yes, you're probably getting some goals there, but I think those goals like with Caulfield with Suzuki, I think those goals are probably pretty like you're going to be better at scoring than you were last year. And I'm worried that they're gonna kinda of dilute their play style by bringing in a guy like Hoffman who is never in a million years gonna play two hundred feet. You know? So
1: <laughs> Yeah, watching him for a long time. He's very uh he's a hundred foot player, you call him.
2: <laughs> yeah. So i am just the, kind of concerned they're always how the he slowest fits on The,
1: back check. the <laughs> slowest on the back check, and then as soon as the play goes back up the ice, they're on the jets. Yeah. Yeah, so
2: if he can buy in and, like, play into their style, I think it'll be a good signing, I agree. But I'm just worried that, like, they're going to get away from what made them successful. Um, And then, you know, like, for them, that extra goal is not worth conceding an extra goal, you know, because they might not be able to get that next goal. They're a team that is more likely to win 1-0 than they are 2-1, right? So, I... I don't know about that one. We'll see. The guy has proven himself as a scorer in the league, so if they can use him correctly, I think it might work out, but I think there's definitely a lot of risk there. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, you're not wrong, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I will, yeah. Should we talk about this flurry trade for nothing? Dude. Now they just got a Vesna winning goalie, Dude. and Chicago is definitely a wagon.
2: Yeah. I just want to touch on Linus Olmark first, because this is another oh, yeah, interesting yeah. one, because Rask – yeah. Is having surgery, I guess, he is a UFA may retire. They don't know if he wants to come back yet. So Boston's pretty much bringing in uh bringing in Allmark to be their number one. I think that's a good move. It's interesting that he's the guy that Boston went with, but I mean, it's not hard to play goalie behind that Boston team. And Allmark has had some very high highs, uh, so I do really like that one. And, I mean, four years, not too long of a deal. If it doesn't work out, they're not screwing themselves. Um, but that's, that's at least enough to, to tide them over. And then it's going to be interesting to watch the Rask situation because obviously a huge loss if he decides to retire. Um, but it will be interesting as a UFA if he re-signs what he re-signs at. Uh, and then that rask Allmark tandem might be decent.
1: Yeah, that's a big one. Linus Allmark is uh... Well, I don't know. When do you, at a certain point, stop thinking that they're a high prospect? And Linus Almark was one of those guys. <laughs> when, they, like, when they leave, I don't Buffalo. know. I'm still right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Like I think, I think it's always after they get at least one or two shots at like another team, and then if they don't make it at them or show like a little bit of an improvement, then yeah. obviously. They're not really that player anymore. Getting out of Buffalo is probably going to be huge, just for save percentage and yep. goals against and everything <laughs> that actually matters if you're a goalie. Yep. Yep. Not getting peppered with those like 10, 15 grade A opportunities all the time, I think he's <laughs> going to do well, honestly. Yeah, dude. I think um, yeah. That's what so all teams are, I think, afraid of, are, is that they have these guys and they know in, deep down in a way that when they – it traded or if something happens to them the next team they're on they're going to succeed yeah. and that i'm sure sucks to be the gm of that team and you know it just yeah. sometimes it doesn't work out with that team so
2: yeah yeah 100 um but kurt as you said this flurry shit
1: i mean yeah it's crazy for nothing me. man that's what's yeah. getting me now i'm yeah. fired up this is a big one and taser Taze, <laughs> Taze coming back like dude i don't know brink at ruby Doc, i think is going to have a good year hopefully yeah um he's been in trade rumors so i think he's going to be fired up that his brother's here yeah kubali i mean and and even malcolm suban as the backup is really good like i bad. really like suban as a backup too so on the days off that flurry isn't there um suban's in and also flurry and suban Excuse me, got this fucking indigestion out seltzer here.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fleury and Subban used to hand them goalies for Vegas, too a couple of years ago. So they already know each other. I think is going to going to be True. good for them to bounce oh, back yeah. against each other. So True. I like this. Yeah. I really like Chicago. You know? Yeah. Dude, I mean,
2: yeah, Fleury going in makes them a contender right away. And then yeah. friggin' Seth Jones, decent addition. Taves coming back, yeah. decent. And then Doc only played half the season last year. Kubalik coming off a great rookie year. DeBrincat probably easy 40 goals. And then this, this guy, this guy Patrick Kane, I heard he's decent too. So they're looking like a wagon yeah, dude, out of, of absolutely nowhere. Um, also got Tyler Johnson for uh, Brent Seabrook and in Troll. Tampa Bay. Like, dude. Yeah,
1: like. Dylan Strom still.
2: Yeah. It feels like. The, didn't, didn't even know that
0: Seabrook was technically still in the league. But... Yeah.
2: The Tampa Bay's up to their shenanigans again, dude. Right back at it. Yeah. Um. I know. I. Uh, it's crazy because you look at it and like, they didn't actually add that many people. They added Flurry and they added uh, Seth Jones and then like Tyler Johnson. But it's not that yeah. different of a team. But it's like they make those two moves, and it's like, holy shit, this team is suddenly. You look down the lineup, and it's like, wait, they kind of have a nasty team.
1: Yeah, and sometimes that's all it is. Sometimes you just have to have a different makeup, and you're like, oh, shit. That kind of fills the spots that you're looking for in all of those players. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I think with Seabrook going retiring, that's money off the books, a lot of money. Yep. Duncan Keith getting out, that's Seth Jones right there. And then they get a couple guys, and I wouldn't be surprised if even next year or, or if they were looking at a trade to possibly acquire someone else. Yeah, I can um, see it just for a little bit more scoring or a little bit more def- defense or something. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think they're outers this trade deadline for sure. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it's and we talked about it a little bit before when we were saying like, um, with Taves being out, it, they were essentially completely out of the running, but. They've made it very, very clear. Well, and also because we talked about it was a big storyline last year before the season started where um, was it the GM or the coach that came out and said, yeah, we're actually rebuilding. And they didn't really discuss it with Kane and Taves. And those are like the two pieces of the team. Like you look at importance in terms of uh, players to Edmonton of McDavid and Drysidal, These are bigger names than them and have been for like the league for a long time. Right. So um They're squeezing every like like a fucking lemon, getting as much juice out as they possibly can. Um,
1: Yeah. I think these guys showed that
0: as much time. Like
1: Yeah. I think they showed that even then the play-ins and last year not finishing bad. I think it's gonna be if they try to be bad, they're gonna have to get rid of players. So at a certain point I think Stan Bowman was just like, All right, make some moves and without really giving up too many picks or the future really. Yeah, they acquired some good players to kind of keep it going, and now they're almost still in that position where they can still win. So totally, oh yeah, easily, it's it's dirty. Love those moves.
2: I do have to say though, like for someone who is as universally loved as Flurry, and also as good as Flurry, like Vezina winner this year, has been one of the better goalies in the league his entire career. Former first overall pick. The fact that he's been diddled as much as he's had has in this league is yeah, ridiculous, I mean, dude. Yeah. Get left unprotected. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, go to Vegas. The whole Robin Leonard thing last year, already rough. Now to find out via Twitter that he's been traded um for nothing. Yeah. Traded for nothing, by the way, yeah. just to get the salary yeah. off the books. Dude. After a Vesna win, dude. too. That's
0: that's like, just your
1: best goalie too. Yeah,
2: that's crazy to me. Uh, so yeah, that was
0: a that was the storyline we didn't even really get to to talk about either. Is that he found out over Twitter, which yeah. you, I know Mike, you have crazy strong feelings towards this, but I we were, I'm pretty sure the whole hockey world is kind of on the same page of being like, <clears throat> like Vegas, what are you doing? Like this is this is your Vesna winning goalie that you're giving up for absolutely nothing, yeah. and you're just like, oh um well this was their the response pretty much tldr version of their response was like oh yeah um he found out by twitter but like that wasn't our fault
2: like yeah what yeah it's like they told are you serious yeah like... they told him they were like talking about trading him but that they, they would like let him know if they traded him and then they didn't um yeah so terrible look terrible terrible look for oh. for vegas there um and Speaking about like,
3: terrible looks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh,
2: um, but yeah, Very I feel I feel bad for him, and yeah. I do hope. Like, just the last thing here, I do hope he just shows out and fuck you to everyone. Chicago to the cup, baby. I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's what I. That's what I'm yeah. trying to go out for. Like Chicago for the cup this year. Yeah.
2: that would be. I would be upset. Yeah. Fuck be Tampa sick. Bay. Dude, I'm I, dying with Tampa Bay. Now. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean Tampa Bay looks like they're probably still gonna be good, which is fucked up. But uh oh, that Corey Perry signing, like of course he signs in Tampa Bay. Oh god. God damn yeah. it. Yeah. Fucking Hey, if you can't beat him, join him, right? Yeah, like, pretty much, dude. Pretty much. Two years in a row. Two
0: years in a row he gets <laughs> he gets uh beat beat uh in the in the final and then he's like yep. he's like, All right, you know what? I think I'm just going to have to join the bad guys and go for a discount too, so whatever. Wank.
1: He's someone that yeah, is true hockey guy, you love him on your team, but if he's against you, he's a fucking bastard. Yep. Like just yep. doing all the dirty shit <laughs> that you don't like You're just so fucking <laughs> mad at him on TV.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, as <laughs> as, as dude they were talking about on Twitter of how, like, fans of every team when they play Corey Perry, no matter what team he's been on, it's like, fuck you, I hate that guy. And yeah. then they join his, their team and they're like, oh, he's actually so good. Like,
1: yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah.
0: I bet yeah. he is, but he's an asshole. So,
1: yep.
2: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Dudes, we got some uh, less fortunate things we got to talk about here. Um, scandal. Yeah. I guess uh, with another ek
1: with another ek.
2: Yeah, we'll start with the Kane one because there's multiple, which is fucked. Um, Not the good Kane. No, no. Uh, So Evander Kane. This is this is a really weird um, thing, and I think we did talk about it on the pod down at the beginning of the season, um, where he had filed for bankruptcy um, and owed. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars to was it mgm grand and in vegas like uh he had like a bunch yeah. of gambling debt
0: um, yeah to a casino or something,
3: yeah. yeah
2: so this is i suppose a bit of a continuation of that um yesterday or two days ago i think two days ago um his wife takes to instagram to basically say like look like i think like they're getting divorced Um, but he had defaulted on their house, was, like, living in Europe, Um, and she was basically, she basically came out and said like that he's, like, a a degenerate gambling addict. Um,
1: Having an affair or something, too. Yeah,
2: but then the the serious allegations were basically he bets on his own games, he throws games, like, he's betting on the NHL, he's betting on his own team, um, and then, like, that which is which is the the part that the NHL takes notice of, right? Because betting is kind of their new frontier, just being legalized in a bunch of states, so they need to to kind of hop on that. And that, I think that's why their investigation has started so quickly. Um, Kane came out with a response, basically saying, "I'm going to cooperate fully," basically kind of saying that his ex wife's just trying to sue him by. By saying all this stuff because she she's like unhappy with the divorce or whatever, um, it's really hard to know what to think here. At the end of the day, though, I think bottom line, Kane probably needs like needs to get help for what is clearly an addiction. Um, whether do whether you think or not. he actually threw the games? No, I don't think he actually threw no. NHL games. I don't even okay. know how you throw an NHL game as like a winger.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the fact that started, if he like, if he was gambling on the th- game, th- that's illegal.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even if he wasn't throwing
1: down. it. I don't think you're allowed to gamble on your no. own games. No, you're not.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. But I mean, if I if I was anybody gambling on the Sharks, it's kind of easy to know what the outcome would be. <laughs> but um, <laughs> sorry, it's just, they've been good. They've been so good for so long. They've been so good for so long. To see them struggle like this is actually kind of like refreshing a little bit you know, I'm I know with it you. sounds terrible
2: I'm with you on that yeah
0: um well and you know what it's karma this is all karma for the Sharks because of what they did to Pavelski and how they just were like oh that's our captain he's been so good for so long he's yeah. so good as a, and then they were just like oh yeah you know you Peace. Dallas can have him like like it's just been uh continuously shown over and over again how that was a terrible decision on the part of the Sharks but um, this is another one where, uh, you know, can you necessarily, like, I don't know, it's hard to, it's hard to take a, like a, a hard stance on this simply because it doesn't matter what the addiction is. If you have an addiction, it's not great. And like gambling is a whole different frontier. Like, yeah, you're, you're dealing with more than just gambling away, you know, like you're not just affecting, affecting yourself. You're affecting your family and that's why affecting uh, yeah. <laughs> um, i was like but, no shout out yeah, shut, shut. um but yeah no it's it's tough to say right like cuz they can like the league is going to be able to find all this shit out right? like they'll yeah. be able to look through his financial history and be able to figure out with the bookies whether or not he's like like i don't even know how they begin to start investigating this but like you can't knock evander kane really all that bad because addiction is addiction right and it's not it's not good that he's if he is or isn't doing this but man like it's a tough situation it's the same with robin Leonard and the whole like depression thing he said he he was with drugs and stuff it's like you can be like oh that's not good because he was he was doing that but then at the same time it's like no like some people don't have a choice like mentally they have to get themselves in these situations in order to feel okay and for him, it was just,
2: yeah, yeah, it's just
0: life, right? And like, fuck it's hard.
2: Yeah. Bottom line, I think it is clear, regardless of whether he's betting on his own games, um, that hopefully he he gets the help that that he needs because, as you said, it's a serious thing, yeah. and you don't want to see someone kind of run their career into the ground off of that. Um, what I will say, though, in in terms of like the potential repercussions, I think they're not allowed to bet at all on the NHL. Uh, I'm not sure about that, though. Um, I do know people in soccer have been banned like six months uh, to a year for gambling, um, but not on their own games. I think if he's betting on his own games, you might be looking at like a lifetime ban. Um, Whereas if he's gambling in general on games, maybe a season um, or something like that, um, but it, it's it's really hard to see, it, really hard to say, and I guess we'll just kind of have to wait and see on it. Um, but we may this this may be one step closer to an Evander Kane Jake Paul throwdown.
1: <laughs> he wants yeah, to fight him for the box time office
2: time. money. That's why. Yeah, dude. Yeah that yeah. that solves all your yeah. money problems right there in yeah, five minutes. Exactly. Yeah
0: yeah yeah we'll see it's a it's a tough situation but we'll as the episodes go on and we keep uh, delivering you guys the best hockey talk uh, we'll uh, cover it we'll come back to this and and yeah. see where we're at but keep you updated. there's a lot of unknowns right now as I think it's hard to hard to have a definitive yes or no on anything right now um, but given you know the circumstance it doesn't seem the greatest for our guy Evander Kane but
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: And uh from one scandal to the next. Um let's do Mayu yeah. next. Let's do Mayu next. Okay. Um cuz okay. this one's slightly less depressing than the last one. Um Yeah. So we we mentioned this last week that Logan Mayu was drafted 31st overall by Montreal. Um he had requested to not be drafted or or be left out of this draft class. Um, because of a criminal offense, sharing I guess pornographic images, um, basically nude photos, uh, in Sweden, um, went through the court system, paid his fine for it, um, and so he basically said, like, look, let me go back to junior. I'll play play in London for a year, mature and like prove to myself and everyone that that like I deserve to play in the NHL. Montreal promptly picks him uh this year gets absolutely shit on for it I mean even Justin Trudeau like the prime Minister of Canada came out and criticized them for it, which is uh never great not not really ideal I in any oh, in any situation yeah um and it's I just like it's tough because I mean George LaRoque had a really interesting statement today I think um basically saying look like this whole PR campaign, Montreal has been prepared for this for weeks. Uh, they know exactly what they're doing, and they're kind of reversing the the narrative to make Mayu seem a bit like the victim, or or Montreal a bit like the victim, which is not really the case in this situation. Um, but I do want to say, like something we said last week is like you know, whether it's a like kind of small mistake or a criminal mistake if it's made at the age of 17, like people do deserve second chances. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe those are farther down the line for some people than others. Um, but I do want to say like, I kind of like this might end my youth career because Montreal has now asked him not to go to training camp, NHL or AHL. Um, and so it looks like he's he's gonna go back to London, which is what he wanted to do. But it's very possible he gets buried in that organization now and never even sniffs a chance at the NHL. Um, which you know, it, it, maybe maybe that's like based. Like maybe he's not actually good enough to make the NHL. Who knows? Um, but I do feel that it's that can't it, be the
1: consequence. Of, yeah, uh,
2: yeah, and like they. Montreal fucked him by picking him. If they had just respected his yeah, wish yeah. to... And then a year from now, you can have this conversation again and say, okay, well, what's he done over this past year? You know, he said he's going to be going to therapy. Um, you know, like, proving proving that he is mature and has, like, moved past this and, and is has become a better person because of it sort of thing, um, which I think is a fair opportunity to give to a teenager um trying to better themselves and like make a career out of like the sport that they love, right? Um but because he's been drafted now, I'm not sure that he's going to get that opportunity, especially with how much press it's getting, right? Um so I mean, I do I do feel for the guy a little bit. Uh obviously it's not a great position that he's put himself in. Um I do know that the the girl who is on the other side of the the, the court is uh does not feel that he's super um what's the word remorseful remorseful, yeah. Um, and that he's kind of just offering lip service and apologies. Um, so maybe maybe that's something there that he he needs to uh remedy over this next year, but uh, like man, just literally all sides lost by Montreal picking him here. Um, and it's like I don't feel bad for the organization because. Fuck the organization, you know. Like, of, of course they make yeah. decisions like that. But this guy, like, this yeah. is this is potentially his livelihood, um, and you know, I, I I do think now he may not actually get that chance at a second chance, um, which I which I think he probably probably deserves. I mean, given given the age and, and everything, I don't think that should define him for for his career, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I pretty much agree with everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, quickly, uh, is my audio okay, guys? Or is yeah, is it good?
2: You could be. Okay, you can be a all little right. Just loud. making
0: sure. Okay, just because uh, buddy, buddy behind me is cutting the grass on the neighbor's lawn, so I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that it's good oh, and not <laughs> getting good, all that it. Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. So, uh, I mean. Uh, it's it's hard to it's hard to comment on this without it being you know too uh you know whatever your view is politically uh on the situation but one thing that I do want to say is it's unfortunate because like you said um Montreal may be owing this guy a career uh potentially because like I I don't know about you Kurt I don't know about you Mike but I didn't hear about this story whatsoever going into the draft, and it was not a storyline that was up in the top of, of people. Like Maybe the, the organization and the teams knew what was going on, but I don't think the fans of the NHL really knew um, about the situation that happened with Logan. Uh, so it's unfortunate now that it got all brought up to the surface after Montreal ended up drafting him. So it's kind of unfortunate in that regard, uh, like you said, Mike. Um, it's a lose-lose situation on both sides. And yeah. the kid was 17 when all this shit happened, right? So this this is like, you know, I can think of mistakes that I made fucking yesterday that would not be like, like what I'm trying to say is that yeah. not everybody is, especially a kid at seventeen. And now the fact that he's given all this terrible press, and people are, you know, attacking him on social media and stuff like that, and saying how terrible of a person he is, where the offense could have been a lot worse. When remember uh, last year when we talked about it with the Arizona kid that yes. got drafted, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you like, and and this sounds terrible, but you weigh the two offenses of of these two guys, and they're being treated in the same pool of being like, yeah, oh, this is essentially the same thing that happened with this kid from Arizona, and it's like. It's it's unfortunate because, you know, he had to go and play in Europe because of things being, you know, uh, I don't know whether it was because of COVID or what. And he had to go and, and, and play uh, in mm-hmm. Europe just to get touches and, and he yeah. didn't want to get, you know, rusty, whatever. And then this shit happens like, man, I can like I can think of of worse things that I know kids have done that have not gotten punishment compared to this it's just literally montreal shined a big spotlight on the situation and now this kid is like yeah yeah his career could be over before it even started which is unfortunate so that's all really that i gotta say about it it just sucks like
2: yeah and on top of the the difference in the the actual um like crime or whatever between this and the kid from arizona last year is i would say Mayu has handled himself very maturely and responsibly in dealing with this.
1: Compared
3: to the other Yeah.
2: yeah. Just even, even the asking. Other guy care. Yeah. Even just asking, like, hey, don't draft me. I need a year to kind of work on myself and prove to like myself and those close to me and and the hockey world that like I deserve this opportunity. I think that in and of itself is already shows more maturity. Um and, like, a willingness to recognize his mistake and move past it then we've seen from other guys in the league. Drafted, like, the Arizona guy are people that are still in the league. Um, You know, like, I think Slava Voinov played two years in the league after being, like, uh, what's the word? Frickin' convicted of domestic assault. Nobody gave a shit. He's a good defenseman, right? And it's, like... It, and that's not to say that makes this any better. It's just, like, this guy's young. Like, give him... He, he deserves that shot. And, you know, it, it is tough because now, as you said, like, he's... Everybody everybody knows about it. Um, and I do think you make a good point, Colton, that, like, I think the majority of people, maybe not everyone, but the majority of people have done at least one thing in their teens that would have really fucked them up had it gone bad or had they got caught you know and yeah. the yeah. I think the majority of people can count themselves lucky that those situations were, were left unnoticed or untouched um, and in this particular case it, it was it had a spotlight shone on it um, so I do hope that he's at least able to have a chance at some point of making an AHL or pro, any sort of pro career out of it um but i mean it's definitely a tough situation for that kid to be going through now i do also want to say though like he's like the 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 victim of this crime is not him it's the the girl in sweden and she's also going through a very tough time because of this i'm sure um, her and her family and so that that's that must also be considered um but but just a very unfortunate series of events and The end of the day, fuck you, Montreal. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of said it better myself.
3: Like,
2: (laughs) yeah.
1: we we jump back into the Eichel?
2: (laughs) Yeah, let's do Eichel. It's getting too depressing otherwise. Um (laughs) not that this isn't depressing because goddamn. Um, but Jack Eichel's agents popped off the other day, eh? So uh,
1: Yeah. Rightfully here. so, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, hundred yeah. percent. Buffalo Sabers can here. fucking suck on. Dude,
2: what a joke of an organization! Right nut. Fuck them. Um, right nut. So first of all, big thing is that they said if he got surgery this week, he would be able to be healthy for the beginning of the season. Um, and Buffalo was like withholding his medical information to like deter trade offers, I think, or like have some leverage with teams. Uh, that didn't necessarily know how healthy he'd be. Um, so that's first thing. So now everybody knows what the the situation is. Um, but also basically uh, TLDR, or whatever the fuck it is, too long, didn't, yep. TLDR, Jesus Christ. Yep. <laughs> um, they're not letting him have the surgery that all of the experts have recommended him to have. Um, and like, first of all, it's crazy to me that an NHL team can even do that. Like, can he not just go get the yeah. surgery anyways, or does it like void the contract? I think
1: it would. I think it would void his whole contract probably, and he'd probably get fined.
2: But like, is not like voiding the contract mightn't be that bad. Like, I guess he doesn't get the guaranteed I, I money, but then he signs somewhere else, right? Unless there's a possibility yeah. that the the surgery goes wrong, which I suppose there's always a possibility.
1: Um, yeah. yeah dude. I th- I think the Buffalo Sabres are a scum organization now, honest yeah. to god. Fuck them. I think what they've done to handle it and it it's just not it's not just with Jack Eichel. It's been this way with the Pagulas that own the for organization and everything yeah. with multiple different people across multiple different teams. They own the the, the uh, bills. Yep. They've known to done some shitty stuff with those people over there. Um not that I'm like coming at them making this their reason, but I think at a certain point you got to stop realizing that it's not, it is a sport in a a business to make money. But at a certain point too, you're talking about people and you're basically saying that your health doesn't matter to us because it's not going to make us money and your health is expendable. And that just seems so shady and such a shitty thing for them to kind of focus on that. Now it seems completely justified what they're doing and trying to get out of Buffalo so they can go and do, do their surgery. Yeah.
2: It's extra sketchy for me because if you're the Buffalo Sabres and you want Jack Eichel on your team to win you games, you let him have the surgery, right? Like if he's gone to three or four yeah. different experts, they've all said the same thing. And the Buffalo trainers are saying a different thing. Um, that doesn't make any sense. To
1: but me. it said that they had agreed it said that they agreed oh. with the surgeon that this was next suit of matter but they were not approved for the for the surgery i think right that's what he that's what they were saying dude so Which that's fuck. that's yeah. even, so more even your your meds are saying yeah. yeah your medicals saying that we agree that the best option is to have the whole herniated disc replacement and now they're not getting approval or something from either and higher up. I think
2: it's iffy because obviously he kind of wants out of Buffalo. There's talk about a trade, and now they're not letting him get healthy. It's like they're just sewering him. And dude, what a joke of an organization! I don't think there's they're much else to them say. So there. Yeah, like how yeah. if they sign a single free agent in the next like decade, I will be shocked. Like, fuck them, who would want to go there? Already who would want to go there, but now the way they've handled themselves as an organization, just a sick joke, dude. Like, freaking dissolve yeah. the franchise, go back to Atlanta. Get, get the thrashers back in the league for fuck's sakes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um. So, uh, Kurt, what you said before about, the so what happened with the story? And this is because I'm reading what uh, one of the agents actually posted, yeah. like that um, yeah. notes thing. It said uh, it said that they had agreed that he did needs the surgery, and then for su- so this is what I'll read it like word for word so I'm not fucking anything up. It says um, so a further point of concern is that our camp was initially under the impression that the sabers specialist was in agreement with the artificial disc replacement surgery surgery until that was no longer the case. So yeah. sketchy. Essentially, what happened yeah. was they agreed, yeah, we need it. And then when they went to it, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we actually are thinking we're going to go through with it." Then apparently, their opinion yeah. changed, and they said that they didn't yeah. want it anymore. So,
1: dude, you pay. The thing is, is with these sports, you pay these doctors. Your your teams, like not all of them, because one like one paint bad apple doesn't ruin the bun, bushel, whatever the shit that is. You know the <laughs> saying. same thing with team doctors but there are a lot of teams and i mean odds are with 32 teams you're gonna have a couple people that yeah in a way i'm not trying to discredit anyone but are a little bit more you know favorable to you you get paid to tell to get the players back on the ice as fast as possible yeah you know and in my opinion that's a little bit of this happening there where they're just trying to get Eichel back out there, save Buffalo from a shitty season. Buffalo's not; it was never committed for him being out for an extended amount of time. And at this point, you could have had him back, had no drama, and he could be playing for this season. But you've completely squandered this superstar's talent. Yeah, and and uh, the relationship, your, your relationship, and your image as a NHL franchise, and your capability to sell seats when. When even the fans of the Savers, which are diehard, diehard fans, I know personally yeah. they're they're just crazy people. This is the same with the Bills. When yeah, they're saying betrayed say, Eichel the because moment. they feel so bad about him as human beings, is when you know this is getting a bit ridiculous. Yeah.
0: I and one thing that I wanted to quickly say was like, man, this isn't even about um, Like this isn't even necessarily About the money or whatever It's, it's about Like the player's well being yeah. Right because I don't know about you guys but like A herniated disc in your back Is like that's not just Like oh yeah I broke my finger I need to get a surgery on my finger I'm going to be out like a month No this is like you're dealing with Potentially like
3: Life Stuff that could affect him yeah.
0: Yeah, like this is this is everyday life whether you're on or off the ice kind of surgery like and and this is something that the the sabers are like, "Oh yeah, but we like we well, originally we say, "Yeah, you should go for the surgery." And then they go, "Wait, no, we actually don't want you to go for the surgery." And then now they're like you're playing with a player's life.
2: Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah.
0: can you imagine? And and I just reading the rest of that statement there, it says, what is being left out of the... the, the wow. This is the uh, Jack Eichel's agents, by the way, still um, continued. It's saying, what is being left out of the discussion is that Jack would be able to play in the NHL for the start of the season, pending medical clearance, if he were allowed to have the surgery he desires, even as of this date. Yeah. Um. So, like, that's being left out of the conversation, too, that... He's still saying, even on his part, that he wants to to play starting next season. It's just whenever the the date gets set for the surgery, he needs to have it. And he it, this is like, there's no if, ands, or buts about the situation. He has to have it. So if not now,
1: are you, you gonna think wait about how, see...
2: dude? The think only... about how bad you're doing your body waiting. Yeah. to Yeah, do yeah. That. the yeah. only logic like, I can hey, see in can it. you,
0: sorry, Mike, but. Before you start, the only thing I want to say is: Can you imagine how like absolutely horrifying it would be for us as fans if we were watching in mid-game he collapsed and he was just like, like either he had something wrong with like he wasn't able to feel something or he lost like yeah. because the this is you're, a, you're dealing with the back and you and spinal cord and shit you're yeah. you got a lot of nerves and if you if you fuck something up you're there's a good chance that you're not going to be able to recover it unless. You go through surgery, which is what they're trying to do right now. So,
2: yeah. And there's not like a logical reason for them to prevent him from having this surgery either. Like, the only benefit, the only benefit that I can think of is that if you make him wait three months or whatever, you can set, you can trade him on LTIR. And then, as we talked about, bring him back for the playoffs, whatnot. But, dude, like, that's not worth it. I don't think you're going to get more for him then than you're going to get for him now. And the other thing is, yeah. dude, like, people around the league are kind of, like, downplaying how good this guy is. Like, I don't know how many people, like, have watched Jack Eichel play because some of these people on Twitter and shit don't... I don't think they've ever watched him play a game. This guy is... Yeah. No questions asked. Top five player in the league, in my opinion. Not even close. Um if hands you have down. a chance to, hands down. yeah if you have a chance to add a player like this to your team you do it every day of the week so i mean like and like you saw the the they what the ask was from vegas forum which didn't even seem bad um looked like okay. uh like a couple prospects a couple picks like steep price but for eichel fully fully reasonable um and, like, I guarantee he's not playing in Buffalo again after this. So they have to trade him. No. Okay. Like, what a fucking mess. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. I want to I wanna uh, pose this question to you guys because I feel like like if you were the GM of a franchise, okay? It didn't matter what team. It Do- doesn't matter. Um, and you saw a player like Jack Eichel requesting a trade at this point. Like, him being... Um, a big part of Buffalo, right? Yeah. And him being like, hey, um, like, you know, like we see on those breaking news tweets from uh, all the reporters, this player has requested a trade. Would that turn you off from wanting to bring him to your team? Because to no. me, no. given all the evidence that we have, I'd completely understand. And, I mean, I'd be like, yeah, I, 100%. Like, that, yeah, I'd still pitch to have you come to our team even if you requested a trade, because sometimes that gets looked at in a bad light of being like, Oh, this player's troublesome or tries to create drama on the team. But this is a completely different
2: ball game. A hundred percent dude. And on top of that, dude, I think there's probably three, three, maybe four players in the entire league that I can think of that I wouldn't trade for Jack Eichel. Um, McDavid, obviously probably dry Seidel as well. Um, Maybe yeah. Vasilevsky and Kucherov. maybe McKinnon in there, so maybe four or five, yeah, but like dude, anybody else, Matthews, I probably wouldn't anybody else it's like this guy is that good, um, and it's it's crazy how much uh his his he's kind of being downplayed, so um, hopefully he gets his move because it looks now like Buffalo's not committed to trading him and just fucking wasting an entire year of his career in close to his prime, too. So just brutal to see. Uh, and hopefully they get their shit together because it's just, it's, like, he's so fun to watch. Just get him playing in the NHL again, please.
3: Yeah,
0: he's he's very similar uh, to Austin Matthews in the sense of his, his playmaking ability and his ability to score, like, it's off the charts and you know i as a hockey fan i want to see more of that and if he doesn't get the surgery and then he ends up turning into like and this is no bashing uh tarasenko but after like five surgeries on his shoulder not the same player that he was you know oh yeah and neck Um, and back
2: issues dude that's the last thing you want is chronic neck issues like that that's career yeah
0: yeah Yeah, it's shortening the career of a player that is could make the NHL a ton of money um, from a business perspective and then also could make a lot of hockey fans from a
2: like and fan perspective. Dude, it just occurred to me like when McDavid broke his leg, he had a fairly experimental treatment plan for that. And he was like one of the first people that had ever done that. Yeah. Imagine if Edmonton was like, nah, you can't do that. Like I, I, I would be willing to bet McDavid would have done it anyways. Um, he knows exactly what he's worth and how good he can be. Um, but it's, so it's really is, really is crazy. Um, but, uh, we're getting a bit up there. Do you guys want to, uh, talk the Jack or talk the, um, the Blackhawks thing or should we leave that for next week?
1: Uh, yeah
0: we'll we'll leave it for next week cuz as this goes on we're going to see more and more stuff come out about uh what happened.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh yeah. so we can we can touch on that. Um I mean we can talk about for a minute like David Krejci cuz him going back yeah. to check was was is actually big. Yeah. Um for huge. Boston. Well, it's not big in a in a good way for Boston, but
3: it's
0: <laughs> big in a bad yeah, way for Boston. Huge loss. Um
1: well, yeah. I heard something about that was that Krejci and Ottawa, there was rumors about Krejci possibly going to Ottawa for two years, but really? I think ultimately they didn't come to an agreement on anything. And he ended up just going back to the check. Maybe he'll play there and then come back for one year or something as a veteran.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, just get a little bit more ice time probably in the check too. Maybe he, maybe he feels like he wants that and he needs that to improve their player. Yeah. But, uh, also, I've been hearing Adam Henrique or Thomas Hurdle are on the Sens' radar right now. So nice. That would be sick. interesting to see one of those two Love guys get traded man. there. I mean, Adam Henrique's got a couple of years left, and Hurdle's got one year left. But yeah, I and think Hurdle and Stutzla. No, oh, got... and dude, the uh,
2: the crazy nice. move impacts our Taylor Hall tr- our Taylor Hall bet. Yep. Um, Taylor Hall is going to have to find a new center to play with. And uh still lots of time left in the offseason, but we're keeping a close eye on Debra. it. We're gonna have to uh we're gonna have to come up with a fair points total over under for Hall this season. Uh once we see once yeah. we see what their their lineup is actually looking like. Um but definitely playing with Krejci was gonna help a lot for him. So we're gonna we're gonna really find out how good he is if he's gonna have to end up driving his own line completely, which I one hundred percent think he can do
3: yeah yep
0: um and and uh kurt this is this is for us and this is this is for your your dad too but um you know fans of the pond and everybody who's been listening for a while uh i think it's pretty well known i'm a colorado fan uh curtis is a, a diehard sense fan um but you know with taylor hall getting moved from team to team to team and Mike's still not having a team, is it fair represent- no. representation to say that Mike is a Boston <laughs> no. Bruins fan? No! Because I think no. at this point, <laughs> at this point no. Taylor Hall going there, he's cheering for Taylor Hall to score points. That means he wants Boston to do well. Mike, you are a Boston Bruins fan. Fuck me. Congratulations. <laughs> Taylor <laughs> Hall gave Mike yeah. an
1: autograph or something, and Mike's remembered it hey, ever since. We'll get
0: a for his birthday. We'll go on that, uh, that one app, the... Um, cameo app or whatever and we'll get
2: Taylor <laughs> Hall to give him a happy birthday. What's up Mike? It's Taylor. Uh Dude, buddy, hey, thanks the, for
1: believing in me.
2: That's the dream. We're gonna get Taylor <laughs> Hall on the pod and you guys aren't allowed to talk once.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Buddy your shit. That's, that's hey it.
2: so uh I heard you suck.
0: <laughs> yeah hey, yeah I scored more more goals in my beer league than you did.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you fuckers but uh yeah yeah mike you just gotta uh, pick a team buddy i do i do you just gotta pick a team yeah
2: i'm honestly yeah. i'm kind of on the auto um, hype train i'm down yeah yeah I mean, you live there too that is true yeah
0: true yeah. yeah they're they're gonna be super fun to watch yeah. like honestly um same them and another team which is kind of you know goes against everything i've ever said on the podcast but uh Arizona is also going to be an absolute wagon in the next couple of years. Like Mm -hmm. they're loading up like Ottawa did. So yeah.
2: And Um, yeah, we didn't have time for it this week, but I do want to talk about that next week as well. Like they did such a good job. It's like they took Seattle's place in terms of making deals to like use cap space to get prospects and picks. And Seattle just didn't do any of that. So Arizona was like, eh, fuck it. We'll slide in here and just made an absolute killing. So I kind of love what they're doing. Yep. They've been a shit franchise forever, but uh, might be turning, might be looking up for them. We'll see.
0: Yeah, they, they look like they're doing a very similar structure to what Ottawa did, where they're yeah. like, yeah, just blow it up, get everybody else everywhere, and then we'll get as many things back as we can. Hey, we'll take that guy's salary and that guy's salary and that guy's salary, and yep. then, you know, they take. But got Phil that's another reason why Darcy Kemper getting out of there is good yeah oh wait what they still have Phil
2: yeah Phil the thrill baby
0: yeah anyways we'll talk about (laughs) draft picks uh, a little bit next episode probably because um things will maybe calm down a little bit in terms of news and stuff yeah um because I put in here for our the things to talk about I didn't want to talk about Toronto's draft situation but we'll get into that next week yeah um just cuz next year is going to be absolutely brutal and i'm so sorry leaf fans that you got to still cheer for this franchise
3: um <laughs> but anyways
0: um if you got if you guys have listened for this long uh we appreciate you a lot and uh thank you very much for listening um from everybody here uh go follow us on our socials uh on uh youtube we post almost every single episode um and so you can see if you're a visual learner you can see the video of us uh, talking which is you know Pretty fun, if you ask us. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you can uh, go give us a follow on those, and uh, yeah, from here, we are pretty much done for this week. Um, there's probably going to be a shit ton of stuff to talk about next week as well, as they're We think that things are going to calm down, and then they end up ramping up. <laughs> yeah. so I don't, I'm don't iron I'm at going us, on, but yeah. So, I mean, it makes it easier for us because we end up getting hour plus, like we are right now. Yeah. Um, give you guys more content, but. Ah, uh, thank you guys so much for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week for episode fifty-five. Hell wow, yeah! We're getting up there, boys.
3: Friggin' right, bud.
0: <laughs> All right, everybody out there, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week.
2: Friggin' huh, huh, What up? Days.